This week on the Pushable Legs podcast, we chat about changing your fitness opinions and practices, giving ourselves as examples, of course. We also discuss training with DOMS, and we delve into pancake and pizza topics. Three, two, one. Oh, Dan, how we've changed. Hey guys, welcome to the Push Poor Legs podcast with myself, Dan Meek. And me, Tom Hall. What's going on, Daniel? All right? Yeah, good mate, you? All good. It is Tuesday night, coming at you on uh, Wednesday morning, more than likely. It's pancake day. Hang on, I've not had any pancakes today. Uh, no, right. I know. Um... <laughs> I think I have them all the time anyway with bacon and maple syrup on, so it doesn't really make a difference to me. <laughs> well, I am having pancakes after this recording. We're recording on a Tuesday night. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So it's gonna be it's gonna be good. I'm gonna put pineapple all over it. Wait, we're gonna uh, talk about that later. Oh, um, don't touch that. <laughs> right, okay, here and now, then, Tom. Right, any pancakes? It's not savoury. They don't count. What's your favourite topping? Not savoury. It doesn't count. What? I'm not allowed mm. to pick any savoury toppings. No, it has to be a sweet topping. What would you pick has for to be, your pancakes? To... Um... Don't say the one that I hate. If you say the one I hate, I <laughs> I would probably go cinnamon spread. Yes, Tom, that's a good shout. That's a great shout, well, I think. I... I don't think everybody knows I fucking love cinnamon buns. That is just a classic yeah. easy. Let's go. Or the uh what's what's the uh what's the spread you introduced me to? The uh the fish oh, one. Fun. Yeah, that's the one. Like it tastes like biscuits. Every day. Every day. <laughs> All right, um, well, I, I would have I reckon I'd go with Nutella and peanut butter together okay because I was thinking that you were going to hate me for saying chocolate or chocolate spread no the one I can't stand is sugar with lemon juice like who the who the fuck's going <laughs> to eat that seriously that's the poorest pancake I've ever heard that's, of in that's my like life that's like a classic that's like a classic oh it's just it's pathetic <laughs> it's just awful um, but yeah I think then if I was to go savoury I don't know if it counts as savoury but bacon and maple syrup obviously but yeah, I, but I guess like, it's savoury isn't it um, you could do like candied bacon, um, which is absolutely yeah. phenomenal. Um, yeah. Tamira I mean, Sugar, put some candied bacon on there. Let's go. All right, so uh, general population um, of our, well, the general populace, as we should know, of our listener group have decided upon a 40 to 60 minute podcast is uh, apparently right. optimum. So my timer is on. We're two minutes in. Already wasted that amount of time, mate. Um, yeah. Shit so, again. <laughs> or what I actually liked was just don't care how long it is, just got to be good content. Kind of put the pressure on us a little bit, but... Yeah, I, th- I think it's one of those where uh, the podcasts I li- I've listened to, if they're too long, I do have to pause it and then I listen to yeah. it again, but then I sometimes forget how the flow went of it. So I do, uh, and you know, we've always said, haven't we, I think 40 to 60 is what we always aim for, but just sometimes it, it just, it rambles on with good content. And like you say, sometimes <laughs> you don't mind listening on then, but yeah. um, we will try and keep it nearer the, the 40, 45 minute as we've always kind of tried to anyway. Um, I've always yeah, said type 43, mate. Type 43 is apparently perfect. Uh, All right. Go with type 43. <laughs> That's where um, we want to be. All right, so should we, should we chat about what we're actually going to chat about today? Um, yes, mate, you do the intros. You always do the intro, the content. Yeah, content rundown. I've got it written out in front of me. That's probably why. Um, cool. Uh, so we're going to talk about uh, evolving our training and evolving our thoughts and admitting we were wrong at some point um, in our careers and training protocols or maybe Dan's nutrition um, at some point. I, I, I remember those days where um, there was a microphone and a, 
a video camera shoved in front of you just said oh, paleo no 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 that was boxy cool yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> just paleoific diets no matter what uh, uh, we've all been oh. there mate <laughs> if anybody wants a ramp start down on paleoific diets oh that's great um, so you're not allowed cutlery you're not allowed like a stove or anything like that it's it's amazing no not yeah. like it has to, has to be literally capable but we'll, we'll get my, into that later yeah that's my <laughs> favourite my favourite one is still paleo cookies like who the fuck made cookies back in paleo time <laughs> Um, yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh, what stuff we might not do that we used to do basically now nowadays. Whether it be training with clients, consulting with clients, uh, training ourselves, um, or doing our nutrition for ourselves, tracking, blah blah blah. Um, maybe it's stuff like, oh fuck, you don't do that. That's crazy. Um, maybe um, maybe we'll just put another another light on it. It's different different point of view. Um, not saying mm-hmm. we're right. It's just something that maybe we. Like definitely some of the stuff I've noticed that I've gone away from because I don't know just 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 because I'll kind of explain as we go along. Um, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think with I think just just on that though, Tom. I think before we we carry on, I think the reason that it's important to know you're wrong or to know something is wrong is some things that there's just never going to be research on, right? For one, but then the second yeah. thing is you have to understand that at some point, if you're doing something and you're not seeing the results you think you should be and you're doing it with a large number of people and they're not seeing results that you think they should be, then maybe there's a reason for that and it's just that it doesn't work. Um, and there's nothing wrong with kind of going, well, I tried this for a bit and it doesn't work. So I'm going to I'm gonna stop. Um, it doesn't have to be backed by research all the time or by science all the time because there isn't. sometimes it just isn't there. Um, it's okay to kind of go, well, I tried it for a bit, but it doesn't work. Obviously, that's anecdotal. We are heavily evidence-based, and we will fo- we follow stuff that evidence-based. But if there is, like, if there's counter-arguments that are both sides a lot of the time, you kind of pick a side or just kind of sit on the fence. Um, those, those are your two options, really. But you kind of just, yeah, just go along with what you think, essentially, what you think is right. So um, basically, that's what we're going to do. Um, yeah, so we talk about a couple of topics in there. And I sprouted a little question, um, what it be yesterday now, was because I was training with DOMS, so delayed onset muscle soreness, so sore, bum, hamstrings, quads, pretty much everything in my lower from my uh, hip hinge day. And then, then I had a unilateral hip hinge day today. Um, I powered through because it was unilateral, I thought I could cope through. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that way. And then we've got stupid things on the internet from my very old client. He makes it in. Crazy. Cool. Right. I can't believe that one of our listeners has made it into the stupid thing. <laughs> yeah, in the group, man. It's, it's, just... it's quite embarrassing, and, uh, actually. Yeah. Oh, it needs to be called. He needs to be called out for it. Called out. So, now, so. he's going to get called out for it. <laughs> All right. So I think at the top of it. So evolving our training and evolving our thoughts, doing different things. Um, so Dan shared a uh, a research paper in a group called uh, Third Space Lads. Because uh, we're all, it's me and Dad are probably the most laddie guys you clearly know. Um, we are. Yeah, we're shuts lads. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was about foam rolling. This is quite a touchy subject, I guess, with um, our cohort that um, I have at first base because a lot of them do it a hell of a lot. And uh, Dan decided. That's kind, of, that's kind of why I posted it. <laughs> <in> that, <really. laughs> so we, a lot of us kind of swear by it, but we do it a lot. And. I, I think it's kind of pick and choose. Doesn't really matter. So foam rolling. So what do you, what do you mean by foam rolling, Dan? 
If anybody's well, really I mean, new foam... to anybody and doesn't have a fucking clue. No. Yeah, like foam rolling is just like, you know, where you see people rolling on one of the um, tubes. Like, yeah, they're just rollers. <laughs> foam rollers. Like, yeah, yeah I, I can't remember what they look like. I've not used them for so long. But um, We've got three different types. Yeah, so the foam, the foam rollers, um, the people roll their mass, they roll and massage their, their muscles on. Um, and you see them in gyms all over the place now. And basically, it's a, it's a place for people to spend 10 minutes of their life and waste it. Um, and, and they use it to kind of think that they're, they're doing some kind of warm-up that is easier than a normal warm-up, so they do it because it's easier. Um, and, and it feels okay. It feels quite nice. You know, you, it feels like you're probably doing some good. And I remember... Um, I've been around a long ever since I was in football. I think yeah, it's yeah, been yeah. around, and um, and I remember you know a guy came over from the states. He was an S and C coach. Like yeah, it's a great new thing I learned from the states. And I remember seeing it at the time, going okay, I can see how I think that might work. You know, it's a bit like a massage in a way. Um, and yeah, it's basically just um, well, do you want me to just go off on it, Tom, and tell you what my my thoughts? And then well, you I can don't know. Come Should back? we just go by? Yeah, yeah. If you yeah, just ask me what the phone roll it was, I'm, I feel like but I'm going off a tangent. You, you can go off on your thoughts about it, and then I can oh, come right. up. I can come back with some research um, in your ass. So yeah, um, I mean, it's 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 one of these things that I think you know, if you do it and you like it, that's great. Um, and I used to get clients who say that they like doing it, so I used to say to them, right, come in ten minutes before a session and do it. That's fine. Um, but essentially it's quite a kind of like global thing you kind of do it not global I don't mean all over the world I mean like as in it you know you just you just massage like a large part of your leg like just the, your big quad or hamstring or glute or whatever um, and I just think it just does fuck all it doesn't do anything it's just pointless um, and but but again you, you come off it and you might feel a bit limber and you might feel a bit good and it's like that's kind of the I think the only benefit from it is that a bit of a placebo effect but I, I never did it with any of my clients. I would never sit there for 10, 15 minutes with my client making sure they rolled out these certain muscle groups. It's just a waste of their time. It's a waste of your time. It doesn't do anything. Um, and it's it's just something that I just – it's not gone away yet. Um, and this is where, like we talked about being evidence-based, is that the science has only just kind of caught up with it because it's been around for maybe 10 years and there's only just started to be science – scientific papers done on it and, and researching the area and I don't want to sound big headed but they kind of show what I thought and like I just it just doesn't do anything like it's no better than doing anything else and before we go any further it's important to remember that there's a difference between foam rolling and doing like manual trigger point therapy work because foam rolling is just literally someone like imagine someone just really softly rubbing your leg and then imagine someone getting their thumb and digging it right into your glute med right? that's a bit different um there's definitely a, a certain mechanism that works with kind of deep tissue work that that just doesn't work when you do foam rolling um so i would if i have tight muscles or i have an area that i think feels particularly tight or um what some people call trigger points got nothing wrong with sticking a lacrosse ball right in there a golf ball or getting someone to manually get their thumbs in and really loosen off a tight muscle that works like it's it's you know it's been done for for a long long time and and you definitely feel the benefit of that and and you can see increased range of motion and things like that at joints but um yeah that's kind of that's kind of one of the things that i i've never gone with i've never caught up with it i've never found it useful i've done it before and i've given it time and it's just never ever done anything for me at all so i just never used to let my clients do it i was just like it's a waste of their time if they wanted to do it i let them do it because it's not hurting anyone but at the same time it's just not making them any better at what they want to be better at 
So yeah, I I tend tend to agree, but I am a person who does use them. Um, but then I have, I guess, but I have the knowledge base of what I'm trying to do. So I, w- I would still tend with my clients, I tend to go towards, oh my God, static stretching. Um, absolutely mad because I know exactly where they're trying to feel that muscle group or where they're trying to roll through. Um, and if I were to do any foam rolling, I do it onto my client. So I roll them, not them roll themselves this is this is again i'll fall down to what i'm going to go into later as well this is a trust factor is i don't trust they're using the release mechanism of what is proposed in some of the literature what it's doing enough so i don't think they're pressing hard enough it should be called foam smashing which is hence why i would normally use a lacrosse ball and there's quite often each week you'll see me just sitting on a kettlebell just trying to release my glute meat which which is what really should be been, <laughs> been done. So something that's ridiculously hard. We've all kind of pressed, I don't know, imagine like a cat pressing up against like the side of a sofa and <laughs> trying to release that. That's, that's probably what they're trying to do. So Just imagine Tom doing that now at home with a sofa. Uh, that's, uh, Dan's got a video. It's actually happening. So uh, <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's just, it's just, it's just, frust- it's just one of those things where I think it, to cause any kind of, change it's going to be very very painful so and people just don't protect themselves to that point where it's kind of any any kind of change is happening to say to play like uh, devil's advocate i think the premise of the whole um of it is is you meant to be if it was like a soft uh, kind of a, a tissue massage like it's meant to increase blood. so you've got effluage that increases blood flow which is going to start in in essence is making a bigger surface area of the blood so if you increase blood flow then you've got greater recovery but that also leads into your point, why would you do it as a warm-up, really? Because it increases recovery. So the, the, getting the blood flow doing, we've, we've already spouted about that. You could probably just move. But, like, um, but yeah, blood flow, yeah, exactly. Just 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 do some dynamic stretching and get blood so, flow. Really. <laughs> yeah, it'd be it's, fine. Yeah. yeah, so I think, and with the increase of range, I think that you, you spout about if it doesn't work, just move on. Just try another thing or just do them all at once. If it works, then brilliant. Cool. It doesn't really, yeah. there shouldn't be one point that you should be doing. It, but, it's just one of those where it's... It, I just ask these people, like my biggest bugbear with it, and this is the question I always ask people. I say to them, if it works, then you should get to the point where you don't need to do it anymore. Yeah. And by that I mean, if it works, and if you generally loosen off muscles, and it genuinely does that work, and it does that job, they'll get to a point where six months down the line, you'll have done enough foam rolling that you won't need to foam roll anymore because your muscles won't be that tight and they will be looser. It's much the same effect of like if you're squatting with 60 kilos and 60 kilos is your one rep max. You're not going to carry on squatting 60 kilos for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. You're going to progress. Like at the same point, like, to a point where foam rolling is useful, but then it's like, okay, someone likes the feel of it, whatever. But yeah, I just think that's my argument the whole time is if it works, then they'll get to a point where you don't need to do it. Yeah. And I don't think you can refute that. I personally, I don't think you can, you have an argument it's, against it. I mean, I just don't get it. Cause, yeah. Cause you, I guess hopefully the educated of us will know that I guess, with with the mobilization effect is what you're trying to achieve. You, mobilization is followed by stabilization. So even if they are increasing range for 15 minutes, they're then recoil back. And I think we spouted this out so many times when we used to run mobility classes. All right, now you need to go use those ranges that you've just suddenly got. Otherwise, you then recoil back. It's exactly like you've got elastin in your muscle. It's like the sarcomeres is going to go straight back down and nothing's going to happen. Like mm. like you say, it's a waste of 10 minutes. So I think that's that's 
bad thoughts. I mean, I still use it every now and again. It's fine. Um, it's not killing anybody. I think you're not you're not going to hurt yourself because most of the people don't press hard enough. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> interesting study, um, 2017. Um, we should do this more often, man. We should get a, just a random study out and talk about it. So we're meant to be. Yeah. <laughs> I think this might be one like only the fourth or fifth time we've actually talked about studies, but and we're meant to be evidence based. Not good, mate. Um, we do read. Well, it's our job. It's our job to, to, interpret. to use the science yeah, and exactly. to interpret it for the people who don't want to read it. <laughs> Apparently, that's what we're good at, but lightheartedly. All right. So effects on warm up um, on hamstring muscles stiffness, cycling versus foam rolling. So they're looking at the premise of just warm up, warming up the hamstrings, seeing whether they're tight. Are they tight hamstrings, or are they misaligned, or are they breathing patterns wrong? That's a whole other question. We'll get PRI on. I'm actually going to a PRI course with uh, one of the listeners, Kravaski, Alex. Um, I, I have no idea how to say his surname. Is that right? Kravaski was surely the surname of one of your clients, and you've just thrown it in there. <laughs> probably. Uh, something yeah. Like no, I don't uh, think probably. I think definitely, Tom. <laughs> Yeah, um, so cycling versus foam rolling. So 14 guys that apparently have got tight hamstrings, nothing else. Um, they did, there was a control. So just cycling for like, was it 20 minutes? 20 minutes? 30 minutes. So they were, they put through torque measurements and elastog- elastography. I don't know. Elastography. I can't even say that word. That's how educated I am. So, um, four warm-up protocols comprising of control, cycling, foam rolling, cycling plus foam rolling, and mixed. Cool. So, basically, they were assessing this difference in the hamstring and see whether the range of motion increased. Um, what was what was the findings, Daniel? No difference between them. <laughs> Pretty much. So, they summarized... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there was maybe foam rolling induced a small immediate short-term um, decrease in shear force, but without any meaningful meaningful changes in range of motion at any point. Um, so <laughs> the results suggested just a combined warm-up elicited no acute or superior benefits um, compared to cycling. So zero. It was just, you might as well have just gone cycling for five minutes. Cycling was five minutes. Um yeah, so no, cycling was 30 minutes, sorry. And then, yeah, so it was just, you might as well have done that. So you might as well have done nothing, to be honest. Um, which kind of leads on to what I'm going to start to talk to about. Um, which is which might invoke a little bit of a reaction in the bodybuilder and powerlifting crowd. Because um, I know these are heavily, obviously, like, I'm going to talk about an experience, uh, intermediate to experienced lifter. And knowing what muscle groups are and how to activate compared to maybe my personal training clients. Um, who are obviously incredibly educated by me, but um, might not always get it. Um, but I'm talking about mini bands and uh, monster walks and banded activation and all this kind of stuff. Um, so stuff that we've changed and how we've evolved our training. So with me and my clients, over the last four months, four or five months, I mean, Dan knows as much as anybody that I used to be a bit... bit oh, well, I'd make most of my clients do some banded walks, to get obviously no glutes kind of firing up uh, of sorts um, in like a, a crab walk lateral pattern in a little squat so they've got a little bit of flexion at the hip they're a little bit externally rotated um, they should be going at a little pace then they can go monster they can go just going through a nice monster walking front as a backwards pattern um, so I've gone away from doing any mini band work with pretty much any of my clients um, in the gym that I train personally Dun, dun, dun. 
Crazy. I don't bother. Um, so what have I done? You ask. That's what. You, that's what your men are asked, Dan. You already know. That's what. I, that's what I really <laughs> want to know. But I, I just. I'm just letting you carry on with it, mate. Yeah, mate. You're on so, a roll. Um, what do I do? I just go through <laughs> squat patterns and reverse lunge patterns and uh, basically contralateral upper body to lower body motions like if I've gone into a reverse lunge pattern I will just go through a lateral sling pattern and raise one arm or go into a thoracic extension pattern whilst doing a reverse lunge I, I, I feel like the benefit is still the same and like I said like Dan said before like maybe I've been doing it for six months with some of my clients and to be honest nothing's really happened and now I've decided to give it a break for a couple of months and has anything really happened no <laughs> to be honest they look like they're squatting better just because i'm making them squat and kind of do a little bit more movement um it might be even like i'll, say, I'll throw out some of the squats that i do like with uh like a toe like a heel raise or something like that or just just one heel raised and slightly back so it's a kind of offset like one glute more than quad on one side then it just seems to be a little bit more firing up they seem to get their movement pattern a little bit better they seem to be able to find where neutral is a little bit better with their pelvis and this is just talking from like the mini bands because i don't really trust that my client is thinking all right i have to stay in a little bit of flexion of my hip i'm almost at about 60 degrees um or even deeper and they're thinking about squeezing into glute meds to glute min and getting that really activating yeah and i'm mm. going for, and for two minutes and i know when i do those banded walks and stuff like that i suck at those and i find them really hard to do for like 45 seconds to a minute and if i make yeah. my client do it i was like no offense i think i can i'm a little bit stronger than my client or maybe um for some of them um and they're just like yeah 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 just chatting to me chatting away i was like i don't believe that they're thinking about this activation drill so i'm just i'm gonna stop doing it with them um, yeah i don't know if it's regress it but like i just go back to your movement patterns the stuff that i know i can kind of look at and see what's happening yeah i think it's one of those where you know, the amount of times we see a client progress in their squat and it is just because they've done so many reps and it is kind of yeah. are you stopping are you know are you taking away the fact they could be fitting in 30 reps even just body weight or goblet squat whatever it might be away from them by doing two minutes worth of mini bands when actually that'd be better for them because they'd think about it more um and i think i think you're right i think that i think and i think if i was still training with you in the gym training my clients and we were having this discussion i I would literally be like yeah i'll do the same i would i can see why you're doing that it makes total sense because i used to have clients all the time who would chats about how the day was going while they're doing spider walks i'm like hang on a minute you're not, or crab walks. I'm like, you're not you're not doing this right because i was like when i do it i'm like i can't talk i'm just like focusing on what i'm doing and yeah it does it does kind of you do feel that sometimes in a warm-ups your clients use it as a time to chat to you rather than do work so i'm like okay well i'd rather you were doing reverse lunges with reaching overhead or you know yeah. something that's at least i know that's going to get you some kind of benefit than um than just kind of <laughs> pretending that you're activating these muscle groups <laughs> when actually you're just walking in a really bad sidestep from side to side. And it's, and it's something that I, like I said, I used to do with all my clients. Yeah. Um, and again, because I'd be like, oh, well, I feel it loads. And I, it really helps me when I do my sports. <laughs> so it's got to happen. Yeah, you go, actually, now thinking about it, go, actually, maybe it's not worth it. And it's it's something that I think we're, that we, we drastically underestimate is sometimes just to get good at squatting or to get good range and good depth at squatting, you just have to squat more. Like, it's not about finding the perfect foam rolling strategy for you it is literally just the more time you spend squatting the more time you spend getting those cues in your head the better and more depth you're going to get the more control you're going to squat with 
Um, that's the reality, isn't it, really? Yeah, I mean, I'm still changing my stuff now, and I can sit much better on my heel through squatting. Basically, and I'm squatting in my vans instead of my lifting shoes now yeah. as well, which is a little bit of a weird one, but I find it easier to sit back, sit into it, especially with my low bar now, instead of my Ollie shoes, which is weird. Like, um, I guess the, the Ollie shoes should be more stable, but the stuff I use my Ollie shoes are now, um, I had a kind of epiphany, is my single leg RDLs. I was like, yeah, cool. Single leg RDLs with Ollie shoes is absolutely fucking amazing. I didn't really even realize. Obviously, you're in a slightly height position, and then, oh, well, my calf's a little bit, like, stretched, but it's like doing it on there. But it doesn't make any fucking difference because I'm still trying to feel it yeah. in my hamstring and my glute. I can still do yeah. that. Um, it just means I can go a little bit deeper than normal. We're okay. <laughs> Before anybody shouts me out of that. Because <laughs> I did think about it. I was, like, I was like, somebody's going to walk past me, and like Will or Andrew, and be like, actually, you shouldn't be probably uh, <laughs> be doing that because you're getting a lot more increased range. I was like, it doesn't matter because <laughs> I'm stable. Yeah. It's great. I, I, did yeah. I did video it, so I'll put that up at some point because I was just like, oh, this feels awesome. So, yeah, I feel stable. It's great. I'm taking the kind of thought process of wobbling around all the time. So instead mm. of doing it on a bosu ball, right? That's where it normally go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what you're supposed to do, man. <laughs> so, yeah, what else, Dan? Um, anything that you've kind of shied away from? I mean, you train mainly yourself and Mr. Steve. Yeah, now. I think recently I've definitely, um, I definitely have removed any kind of bias i might have had towards kind of like body part or upper lower splits or even push pull leg splits we um in and i think that we're doing full body training now um four days a week so every session we do we do uh, a compound leg movement an isolation leg movement uh, we do a compound push compound pull um and then do you know isolation um push or push or pull which is just basically chest or back um and then obviously like arms as well, which we do um, a bicep and a tricep, say, or whatever, or a bicep and calves or something like that. But, and, and I remember starting it, uh, I was a bit skeptical when me and Steve started it. I was like, oh, I'm not sure this is going to work. Like, it, you know, are we actually fitting in more volume? Is it actually going to be a detriment to us because we might have DOMs, things like that. And like, I've absolutely loved it. Like, it, it's totally transformed the way I, I'd consider training. Um, it, uh, you know, you, you don't get a huge amount of DOMs you get a little bit more CNS fatigue, which you do feel when you're doing when you know when you've done three weeks in a row. But um, I'm it does take away that whole fear of like leg day, um, which a lot of people have. Um, yeah. Is that well, we're just doing something heavy on our legs every day. Like it's like it's brutal, but at the same time, it's one exercise. It's like just get it done. Get in, do your heavy squats, and then you're on like lying hamstring curls. It's fine. You know, the next <laughs> day you're then on the next day you're on heavy leg press and you know stiff leg deadlifts. It's like it's a fine day. It's not a problem. Whereas, you know, these days where you have, like, squats, lying hamstring curls, stiff leg deadlifts, leg press, walking lunges, calves, like, you're just dead by the end of it, and it kills you. But by doing it this way, it, it's felt really, really nice, and I've really enjoyed it. And I, and I found the recovery from it has been good. I found the 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 muscle progress decent. Like, it's always hard to compare. Um, but I just enjoy training a lot more now because I don't have that thing of like, oh shit, it's like heavy leg day or, you know, there's an exercise I hate. It's just quite nice to go in and do every single muscle group. Um, and you don't have that constant feeling of soreness um, that you would assume you have, that you would have. You don't have that. Yeah. Um, 
you sometimes come out of a, of a session the next day and you don't feel particularly too sore, but you know you've had a hard session. You And I found it easier to hit PBs on, on lifts as well because we're just doing less in a day on each muscle group. So you feel that you don't have to spend two days recovering because you've only done four working sets, say, on your legs. So it's like, okay, well, the next day I can go in and I can still deadlift because I feel strong. Um, so I think in terms of volume load, that's really helpful. And, I, and I've just totally gone away from now the more um, – the more kind of body part splits because i just think it i just think they're a bit for someone trying to gain size i think they're a bit useless um and i think that definitely uh upper lower or or full body would be the way to go and i think as you go more towards a prep and more towards dieting you definitely have to go a bit more like yeah push pull legs with the rest day and you have to split up more because you just don't have the ability to recover but when you do have the ability to recover i do believe that that, that full body would work more better for a lot of people. Um, it's interesting because that's the way we used to train our clients, right? We saw them two times a week. It was like, right, we're yep. full body. Um, so we, we're used to planning it and, and, and programming it. I just never really thought to do it myself. I just assumed it would be too much um, fatigue to recover from, but it's it's not uh, if you're eating enough food, obviously. Um, <laughs> so that's one thing that I've definitely shied away from uh, recently. Uh, a lot of my clients have noticed it as well because I've been experimenting with some of them guys who are trying to gain and they're on, on full body things um now and, they, and they're saying the same they're kind of enjoying it and and some of them are only going in three times a week now instead of four because they can fit the same amount of volume into three sessions and they prefer that because they get more time to recover and grow so it's uh, yeah that's been that's been useful i don't know what your thoughts on that tom i guess you're probably in agreement with that because that's more what you do as well yeah i think my clients have that haven't had the luxury of uh being in the body parts but and kind of just focusing on muscle groups because i've been a massive advocate of full body training from the, like i know from the get-go to be honest um just that's how I tend to program um, client-wise, yeah. and I mean we programmed together before. We used to split it out a little bit, but in the back of my mind, it would have been like, yeah, well, you can still do this, so it's fine. A lot, a lot of like when we when we first started experimenting with like Contreras stuff, I was like, yeah, this makes more sense. I can still do an upper and then a lower, and then go off and do something else it'd be fine i'm not gonna die and i can still squat tomorrow at some it doesn't yeah. mean if i squat heavy monday i can still squat tuesday but the chance i'll be doing speed squats or something like that something real real slow yeah. or something real light so yeah i i i concur mate um yeah i, th- I think it leads nice on to what we want to talk about in a minute as well but it, it kind of thing again it comes back down to like when you consistently train your legs every day you find that your doms isn't as bad like it's it's, again it's just that thing of like you just because you smash yourself you then have doms and you feel shit and you're like oh i shouldn't train because i've got doms well no you probably should try and you'll probably find that actually over time your body just adapts and you don't get that feeling anymore yeah um because that was one of the things i thought i was like oh shit you know i've done heavy leg press my, you know, my glutes are really sore. The next day I went to do deadlifts. And I was like, oh, hang on a minute. After a couple of sets, I actually, I can really feel my glutes on the deadlifts and actually I'm still feeling strong. Um, I feel fine. And you just kind of battle on, um, which which I find helpful. Mate, that link was absolutely seamless. Um, you know so. it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so training with dumbs. It's almost like, it's almost like we've done 50 plus podcasts. <laughs> I know, Jesus Christ, 59, mate, 59. Jesus. Um, yeah, growing strong. Um yeah, training with Dom. So I, I posted out literally whilst I was training, um, just just to see. Why was that? Tom? Why was that? Because because I was training with Dom's. I I had had this discussion in my own head. I didn't bother asking anybody else in the gym. I actually skipped a meeting. Whoops, um, to go and train because I was like, oh, I probably I'll go to the meeting. Uh, no, I won't. I'm going to train instead. Um, 
So yeah. I put who does it, who likes it, who runs away from it, should it happen, pretty much. And we got we got a varied response. Um, some some chaps like Whitaker, um, obviously Seb James, just putting a meme, which is classic. Um, standard Seb James. Standard Seb James. Actually, some yeah, we got about yeah, we got a few that actually answered it correctly. Um, <laughs> so yeah, not with like full on doms, uh, Whitaker said. So which, which I guess is right. Um, and then, so just some advice: more than if I hit some cardio, get the blood going, fixes it, and then back on weights. Uh, Harry Norman is the classic response. It depends. It totally does depend. Oh. <laughs> and then I think back to the back to what Ed said there about like the full the full blown DOMS you might want to call it. But yeah. again, my argument with that is that shouldn't really happen that often because that just means you've done far too much volume in a session, and yeah, you probably need to plan your training a bit better. Um, Unless it's a completely novel stimulus, obviously, which you know. Yeah, maybe like like something that we've randomly done is like uh, what's probably the worst. Some of the worst doms we've had. So I remember we did like uh, oh, uh, front foot elevated reverse lunges. Oh, front foot elevated. I was thinking. Uh, so yeah, front, we we did. Yeah, that was crazy. That was, they they just seemed to get that, worse. Do that, with, do that with seventy kilos, and you'll feel it the next day. <laughs> we were good at that. That's not too bad. Like seventy. Yeah, high we were good at that, mate. Yeah, we were. That was weird. That was, uh, but some we did some stupid stuff though, like uh, Bulgarian split squats with forty kilos on the back, uh, fifty reps, go, <sighs> and you then you drop the weight halfway through and just finish it off and see where you can get to on both legs. Yeah, that, that was that, that was it. that was stupid. Um, but mm. yeah, try it, right? Um, every fucking ladder set we've ever done. Um, yeah, so Tom Mans put like everyone, <laughs> everyone should do it. Um, so yeah, Ali, I think it's it's up to your kind of threshold, I guess. Like the science behind it, I don't really know. I can only freeball and say that it's a bit like I'd imagine it's a bit like stretching whilst you've got dumbs. So really that's meant to alleviate pain, but and once you start moving, so blood flow goes in, sarcomas might get a little bit more tear torn, I guess. So but there's there's positive science about stretching kind of intraset in bodybuilding. Um to make you bigger and get a little bit more tear so I'd be like well surely that, that's the same effect that your your muscle is actually regenerating through that onset of muscle soreness but then you're training on it again which is tearing it even more so in theory my legs are going to be fucking massive yeah they will be Tom don't you worry one day um, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't see a huge problem with it um, no. and like I said I think sometimes it can actually uh, enhance your training because you can feel muscles working better so some people who say they struggle to feel their glutes on a deadlift if you you know two days before you do deadlifts do some you know do do like three sets of 15 hip thrusts with some decent weight on and then go and deadlift two days after and i guarantee you'll be able to feel your glutes when you deadlift and you'll be like okay now now that's when i squeeze them when i deadlift like here's when i should squeeze there them yeah there's certain elements that are, that are useful for that and I often find with certain levels of, of DOMS, once you start training, they just go. You don't feel it anymore. Yeah. Um, but but I, I, I've certainly got past that kind of fear sometimes of training with DOMS and just got on with it. And and the reason that some people get real bad DOMS if they train legs more than once a week is because they've only just started training legs more than once a week and you just need to carry on doing it. And the more you train them regularly, the, the quicker the DOMS goes. And um, and it is just about finding that, that kind of that happy level, happy medium between doing the right amount of volume in each session so that you get the total volume over the week spot on um that's the most important thing i think um yeah i mean like the reason i got them because uh i hadn't properly squatted much for like four weeks because of the issue i had with my hip 
So this was the kind of full first full session. It was all bilateral movements back, and they're all kind of justifiably loaded. So they're all big movements, like what we're talking about, RDLs, low bar squats, box squats, eccentric phases, which is probably what killed me. Um, And the uh, hip thrusts, which is weirdly hip thrusters. I always I do I mainly do them for power um, and quite quite fast. I don't really pause at the top just because I've got eccentric phases and fucking squats are all over the place. So I don't really need yeah. to. Um, and my RDLs are not fast. So that's the reason why I do it for power. If anybody wants to flag that up. Um, and then, but I think the smart, hopefully the smart thing is my next leg day is like a unilateral day. So the load is less and everything is decreased. So it's not too bad to do. Um, that's why I grit for it. It was only two days. I was like a day behind, obviously, uh, my training. A Sunday on a Tuesday is not normally where I pigeon my two leggy days. Um, yeah. I think when you've got DOMS, I think the best thing to do is just a foam roll and it goes away and you're fine. So it's exactly what I... <laughs> so I didn't foam roll, believe it or not. I went and... Uh, I went, and did, I went and did some static stretching. <laughs> I went and held like a, like a lying legs on the wall uh, V adductor stretch. So like mm. my legs kind of splayed out. Um, and then nice, it, was, it was amazing. Real good. Like, yeah, it looked, it looked absolutely class. And I did that for about five minutes. Um, and then uh, and did some, just some mobilizing my hip. Great. And I was and then I was back. I did my uh, I did my flow drill, actually. Yeah, let's start. Let's start out. Great. <laughs> yeah, flow drills. So yeah, I think it should happen. Just be fucking smart about it. Go from bilateral to unilateral is probably what you're doing. Um, or just yeah, just because we we kind of know. Hopefully, um, for muscle regeneration, sarcomeres to start coming back. It's depending on what your training load is and what you've done to your muscle groups. It's I don't know. Hypertrophy can be from 24 to kind of usually 24 to 48 hours of DOMS can happen. Um, mm. And then CNS is about maybe anything up to 72 hours of recovery. Um, so in theory, you should be done by that. Um, so that, that hence why the two-day DOMS is a thing. Um, that's normal. Um, that's fine. Yeah. Cool. All right. Let's talk some fucking nutrition. Um, stupid things on the internet. Ooh, that sounds like bollocks. Probably because it is. Stupid things on the internet this week. Mate, you need to sort your client out. <laughs> um, so, he's a great coach. He's a great client. He's a shit pizza topping guy. He, shit he hasn't got a clue about how to do pizza <laughs> topping, does he? Yeah. So, let's talk about this. Um, so, what's what's your favourite? Pi- let's, let's just just go. So, so favourite pizza toppings, Dan. So, if you had to, let's just let's just let's restrict it because we have to. Otherwise, you'd just go crazy and just have a load, a load of shit. Mm. Okay. Um, let's give you two to three. You're allowed. I, I'm a very simple man. So you, so you, I, can, so you can taste the pie, right? I, I, would just, I would just be like pepperoni, chicken, beef. Beef okay. strips. Like, that's what you need on there. Like, a bit of barbecue sauce as well. And I'm a real meat feast kind of guy. I used to love the pizzas that actually came with a barbecue base, not the tomato puree with a bit yeah, of cheese yeah, and yeah, loads of meat good. on. They're, yeah. they're good. But if you had to ask me and pinpoint like a, a normal, regular, like traditional pizza topping, it would just be pepperoni, like just the standard. I, I think, yeah, I me. totally agree. Um, pepperoni, 
think, um, I think we're both like that. We're both pretty similar in that. Pro pepperoni, chicken, but I wouldn't go beef because I, 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 I got to put some veg on there, mate. So green peppers are the way forward. Um, okay. So I, I, if if we had to choose a veg, then yeah, I could I could add some green peppers for sure. Green but um, I just don't have any strong feelings towards any pizzas. Like it's not something that bothers me. I don't have like a a strong political view on whether some people should be you know thrown <laughs> off the face of the earth for liking a certain pizza topping. So what certain pizza topping would that be? Like, what is it with people's problem with a ham and pineapple pizza? Like, what is their <laughs> issue with it? Like, it tastes nice. It's a little bit sweet. Like, it's 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 nice tasting. Cheese and cheese and pineapple goes so well together anyway. Like, you used to have them on the sticks at parties all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, throw a bit of meat in there. Like, I don't get the problem of bread. What's the problem? Like, I, I just, mate, I just don't understand so what the, he's on about. This is what I get. Like, I, I like sweet things, and I like chucking a little bit of sweet on savoury. I think most people do, surely. It's like the yeah, just like candy- bacon and maple syrup. Thank you. That's exactly the same. Like, yeah. just it's a nice little, little refreshing burst. Like, one of my friends uh, laughed at me. She laughed at me because I put grapes in my salad. Is that weird? That's, that's, that's awesome. That's like, it's just a little burst. It's a little really refreshing. If you've never done it, you never had a Waldorf salad, clearly. Um, but well, yeah, exactly. Waldorf salad from 40 Towers. Everyone knows that scene. Like- <laughs> so chuck some grapes in there and, mate, you will be on cloud nine. You'll be like, that's, that's I just, that's I just don't. Great. It's another, another one of your kind of 10 a day. I also, well. had, I also had the, um, <laughs> I had from Marks and Spencer's, they did like this taste of summer thing last year when I was in London still. Yes. And they had these little kebabs and they had like, chunks of honey roast ham with chunks of pineapple in like chili jam on top and they were epic they were like oh just brothers you're a fucking idiot <laughs> end the conversation easily like yeah the uh <laughs> pineapple is great such a great yeah. choice it's just... so basically i said to tom before we came on our first ever push pull leg seminar or get together or anything it's ham and pineapple pizzas all around that's all we're eating <laughs> literally yeah, that's that's it. I think that's I might I might shout out to Steve Hall because I know he literally has pizzas every week. Um, on I see him on Facebook, but he seems to know his way around a pizza. So I think I'll, I'll let him be. If he if he disagrees, I won't let him be the, uh, the the judge of that. But if he agrees with us, then it'd be fine. I'll tell you the other thing as well, just quickly that I picked up on. It's not a stupid thing on the internet, but it's something I've noticed <laughs> on the internet. Is that ever since Brizzle Hadley stopped doing the Team Box mini cut two weeks ago, he's had a burger every single day. <laughs> <laughs> like he's gone to like this like smokehouse and he's just been eating burgers every day non-stop we'll be doing a mini cut again in two weeks where he's going unbelievable, <laughs> unbelievable. Mini, cut, mini cuts are too, a bit too harsh don't they just jump down clearly clearly <laughs> for him <yeah. laughs> for like Jesus. one month of no calories basically he's forced him into a into a burger into a burger <laughs> joint every single day and he's turned, he's turned into this kind of mass like ronald mcdonald type character just eating burgers all the time if anybody doesn't know who's new to the podcast uh that's uh brizzle hadley on instagram go follow him for just various food we we well, basically no, take burgers now if you know, <laughs> last three weeks it's just burgers yeah pretty much um yeah Awesome. I think, yeah, good. We're, we're at 42 minutes, tight 43. That's Bam. it, let's go. All right. <laughs> All right. Um, any, just, I know that, I don't know, do you, any new, any team box news on the back of that? Yeah, well, as of today, you might, you might as when well this podcast it, yeah. comes out, we, we are opening our doors to, to new clients until Friday. So if you listen to this podcast after the Friday it comes out, unfortunately, you probably missed the boat. Um, but yeah, if you're listening to it on the day, head over to our website and you can apply no obligation to apply you just chat to a coach and see if they're right for you or whatever but yeah head over to the um 
to the website. The prices are all there and everything like that. Um, so yeah, all good. Um, I'm speaking to someone again. This comes out Wednesday. I'm speaking to someone tomorrow um, who listens to the podcast, which is great. Um, nice to know you've not been put off by my personality so far. Uh, <laughs> Um, but yeah, no. Um, see, that's all. That's all going on our end, and we've got lots of stuff planned uh, in the near future, which I'm sure I'll be able to reveal details of very soon. Yep. Um, and with a bit of luck, we've got a good guest coming on next week, which we can, yep. um, which hopefully we'll be able to, um, <laughs> we'll be able to announce soon. But he's he's a nice guy. He's a great guy, um, good guy in the industry, and, and someone who I know is looking forward to chatting shit with us. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, just a shout towards. I am going to the PRI. Um, I know Alex is going. I know Luke Worthington, one of our old guests, is going. Um, one of Andrew Johnston, one of our old guests, is going as well. Um, at, funnily enough, a third space where I work, we brought him in. Um, the PRI rest, yeah, yeah, Postural Restoration Institute are coming all the way from America. They're doing the first uh, European tour i don't know just one day to be honest no it's two days two days uh like april 8th and 9th i think so i am on that if anybody wants to go you can uh just i'll hit you up a link um just message me i think it's something like i don't know 400 dollars, which works out to about current climate 400 pounds um so yeah <laughs> i think it's something like that um so hit me up for that and also i haven't even announced but i am taking on clients as of March. So if anybody's in contact me, I've got a couple of consults that have already reached out. I haven't even opened my doors. Um, so I'll put an advert out for Pushpull because, yeah, why not? I open my doors. Same time as Team Bucks. The right, no, not rival. I'm obviously, um, I'm doing more obviously training. Um, if you want nutrition-based anything, go towards them far more than me. I've already like sent a couple of people over. Um, so yeah, if you want any training, powerlifting, sport, that kind of stuff, hit me up or I'll just, I'll just, I'll just chat to you to be honest with anything else. Cool. Awesome, Daniel. Rent a friend. Rent a friend, basically. Cool. 45 yeah. minutes. Slick. All right. Um, cool. Hope you had a good pancake day, guys. Um, we'll catch you next week. See you later.